0: Because here's the reality, being successful, it's a mix of different cross-disciplinary skills and talents and beliefs, right? That's not just one thing. Um, And with this framework, it helps me to understand that again, it's not a one size fits all. It's really about being able to work with people, pull out my potential and then use my potential in leadership to then add value to others and then pull their value out at the same time.
1: interludes a pure lighthouse production this episode is brought to you by the riddles clean comedy virtual show find out more on our website link tr.ee forward slash pure light media and now all the way live from the south side of chicago give it up for your host val the voice johnson This is National Black Business Month, started by historian John William Temperton and engineer Frederick E. Jordan in August of 2004. This annual recognition is to drive the policy agenda and to help bring awareness to over 2.6 million African American businesses across the country. Recently, I've traveled to cities like Omaha and Houston in search of supporting black business owners in spaces of restaurants, clothing stores, and popular beauty salons with spas. Here's an interesting fact. According to LendingTree.com, only 2.4% of U.S. businesses have black owners. And of that 2.4 black-owned businesses, they are more likely to be woman-owned than the national average. Since African Americans account for 12.8% of the total U.S. population, This signals we are underrepresented relative to the share of the U.S. population who have businesses. In celebration of National Black Business Month, it's important for all business owners, solar entrepreneurs, and corporate CEOs to have strong leadership skills. Sherrod Ledette, an author, fellow podcaster, business leader, and educator, specializes in assisting people tap into their full potential as business leaders. He's shaping young minds as an assistant professor at Simmons College in Kentucky and has been dubbed the leadership locksmith by his fellow colleagues. If you're operating a business like me and those thoughts of giving up are looming, grab a pen and paper and learn from our guest today, Mr. Sherrod Ledet. Welcome everyone, it's another edition of Interludes. I'm your host, Val The Voice Johnson, and I'm very happy to have a fellow podcaster with his platform, Brothers and Influence, author and a business coach, just a really dynamic young man. I've I've met him through a business network and I thought he would be someone I could talk to about business leadership and how he's teaching that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to Sharad Debt. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good, Ba. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I, I, let's let's start let's start with your name because i I find it unique. I've heard I think I've heard of Sherrod, but if you could kind of break that down for me, your last name, let's start there. what What, what does it mean and where is that from?
0: Okay. so as far as what it means, where it's from, my mama gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So, but as far as that goes, uh, it, it does have a French origin, right? So uh, that that's what I could tell you about my last names. And it's not it's not Lede. It's pronounced just like, well, yeah, just like you see it, Lede. So, Sherrod Lede.
1: Lede. Yes, ma'am. And where are you originally from?
0: Great question. Loaded question, but great question. The short answer is this. Military kid, born in Germany, raised in Belgium. How did I end up in Kentucky? Kentucky is kind of my uh, home away from home. All my immediate family, aunts, uncles, and all that on my mom's side are here in Kentucky. So after I graduated from high school um, and moved from Europe to the States, this is how I ended up in Kentucky.
1: Wow. And (laughs) so if you grew up in Europe, what's the Uh, difference of learning from overseas where you were and here? Um
0: so it's actually a question i've never really been asked about that but i have an answer. um I, I, the biggest difference okay of course being a military kid right so dod so it's really focused on education education was a big component um i mean we had sports it was a normal high school and all those different things but um yeah it was real heavy on education i went to an international school so i didn't just have americans or just my nationality there. It was multiple nationalities in one school. They had various different branches. So there's like the German section, French, Flemish. Um, I'm probably missing one. And, you know, we actually had like one big common area too, right? So even when you were going to your various different classes, we would pass each other in different things. You would have um, even students from other nationalities that would be taking classes with. So it was just one big Kind of happy family right uh even for our our lunchroom it was just a, a common space right we had a very very different nationalities but um we always came together when it came time for uh kind of those group things wow. so yeah so it gave me a kind of a very different um aspect of um you know a cultural aspect so to speak i yeah very very diverse in my in my background
1: yeah. And with the diversity that you grew up in, how did your family, your parents, ground you in? I'm, I'm glad we're here over over overseas. Mm-hmm. Are and would you consider yourself an African American male or would you consider yourself black male because you did not grow up here?
0: Tomato, tomato. Like to me, it's. Um, I grew up over there, so like when I went overseas, I was at I was six years old, so I was in second grade. Okay. So I basically spent my entire kind of growing up, or you know, uh, coming to age, whatever you want to call it, uh, over there. So that was all I knew. Um, so, um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a, a very unique experience. Um, I definitely didn't understand how the experience would shape my thinking, my just the overall nature of who I am today. Um, me and my mom talk about it all the time. My dad as well, just, again, just the nuances and the difference of how I see things in life just because of that opportunity and experience of growing up um, <laughs> in, in Europe, right?
1: Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, what branch of the military was, I'm assuming it was your dad?
0: Oh, they were both. Yeah. So they were both in the army.
1: Oh, they were both in the, in the army. army. Mm-hmm. Wow. And were they off? Did they ever, did they become officers? And did you ever see them in doing anything leadership like in the home?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're natural leaders. <laughs> right. And just being in the military, I think they, they just groomed leadership. Um, but um, no, they didn't become any officers. Uh, uh, my dad did become the highest, I guess, I forget what the highest, rank you can achieve as an enlisted but yeah he he retired from there and then my mom ended up uh just working for the government which she still does kind of work for the government today
1: yeah because what you're doing now it's always good to know the background you come from because Mm. throughout what i've read about you and and this is something that i've noticed uh ladies and gentlemen Every time on LinkedIn, I see this wonderful motivational post <laughs> from Gerard. I, I think that is amazing. And I'm thinking it's like clockwork. Now, you could have people in the background like, OK, release it at this time or whatever. But <laughs> I love that consistency. That's why I want to make sure that I had you on in business. Mm-hmm. Who would you consider to be a top leader or a top motivational leader and, and why? Who, who, when, who When you think about leadership, in the global sense of leading a company or business, who comes to mind or who would some of the folks that come to mind?
0: Yeah. So the immediate answer to that would be the late Jack Welch, um, who is, you know, created the GE way, um, kind of the mastermind behind and kind of the godfather to, you know, just leadership in general. The other one I'm also um, is John Maxwell. Right. So those are the two that come to mind. Um, from a leadership perspective and really just true um, powerhouses in that, in that area. But yeah, the late Jack Welch from the perspective of when I really got into leadership um, and really understood my love for leadership and then even came my obsession um, and passion for leadership is when I went and got my executive MBA from Strayer and the Jack Welch Management Institute. And the way that he set up that program was designed specifically for me (laughs) right and i say that intentionally because i tried other master programs through um for business but this one was like i literally went from zero to a million um in my focus my love passion then my obsession for leadership based on the principles and how he designed um his institution to groom leadership
1: yeah, and I I was reading that both you and Ian Williams, who you podcast with, are both John Maxwell leadership coaching alums.
0: Yep, and when? you we have one more Shate uh, Price. So Chate all Price. three. Yep. So all three of us are um, John Maxwell certified coaches. Wow. And that's that's how we got connected.
1: And you got connected through John Maxwell through this coaching program, and then you decided, you know what? Let's come together and put together this podcast, Brothers and Influence. What what inspired that move?
0: Well, that was all the the that birthed from a from Ian Williams. So he that was his brainchild, right? That was God. God gave him that that vision, and so kind of how that came about was me and Chate had like uh, ended up becoming um partnered partnered up with a mentorship program thing that they were doing so we ended up getting connected that way and immediately me and him connected and kind of hit it off and even after the i think we were there for like nine weeks or so or whatever the case was after that we had already established that we were going to be connected uh and brothers for life so to speak right uh he was also then connected to ian um and i think he had attended an event or something of that nature and that's how he got connected and then those two got to talking and ian just shared with shawteh like hey i had this idea for this podcast this is a thought process you know i want to talk to young black men talk about just leadership being purposeful um you know growing in those different components and shawteh was like man i got the perfect cat for you so uh, that's how we ended up all three of us connecting now when we first started there were some other guys involved in it but yeah we're we're kind of what's left of that and we we've just continued to grow and develop in that space um and yeah we're just happy of the the things that we're being able to do produce and the value we're able to add to the you know our listeners and continue to grow that community wow.
1: and the one thing that i i'm excited to hear about is that you say you have a passion for leadership, and teaching and teaching young minds at a professor level. When you mm. see a light go off in a in a person's in a te- in the students mind, and you're teaching a concept about leadership, what mm. what what does that do for you? Or how does that? <laughs> how does that make you uh, feel?
0: Yeah, so I just got chills, that's funny, Uh, because it's like I was in their seat, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's I literally when I see the light bulb go off that moment of like that aha moment, that moment of like, oh, my God, I know the feeling because I was that person. Right. When when I went through my master's program and got more introduced in this even adding my experiences through corporate America and various different organizations and opportunities in business. um, You know, one component that I felt I was missing was, you know, that that personal professional development, that leadership component. Mm -hmm. So when I had the opportunity to teach students, um, one, I didn't really know that that was what God had in plan, plan for me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all completely different episode. But when I got the opportunity to teach and then teach on leadership and started to have those conversations and start getting um, to pull out of students, just their concepts, their vision, their idea of what leadership was, and then being able to pour back into them and see that moment of, oh, I get it. Yeah, it was amazing yeah. because it's it's leadership is that <laughs> It's that thing that we talk about. Yes, we know it, but the reality of it value is leadership. It, it has no limitations. It has really no. There is no box. There is no one size fits all. There is nothing about leadership that is uh, just like normal, so to speak. It, it is consistently growing. It is co- constantly evolving. It is consistently elevating. I mean, you name it. That's what leadership is. And then just yeah. when you start to open your mind to that concept, you can forget it. <laughs> Whatever you want to do with it,
1: you can do that. Yeah. It almost sounds like you were putting together a great dish. And I think, about, I think <laughs> about food and I think about ingredients. What's the ingredients to a great leader? In your mind, in your opinion?
0: Yeah, there's 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 so many things. Um one knowledge, right? Leadership to me is—it's—it's it's, there's three things, right? You you learn, you grow, and then you lead. Um, so when when I think about leadership, it is you know, and it's funny. So I I'll, I'll look at it from this perspective. I I created this a, a blueprint that I found that has literally been my life and has allowed me to accelerate my results in the areas of life, leadership, entrepreneurship, and business. And this is like a conceptual framework that allows me to align and really reveal things of information, people, and relationships. And it really unlocks opportunities for me to really achieve my vision and goals. So when I think about leadership, it's really all those various different components, it's, it's knowledge, it's, it's trust. It's adaptability, it's accountability, right? There's a laundry list of things that we can associate with leadership. But when I thought about how I got to where I am today in building and growing personally and professionally, I identified that there there was this this framework that I put together, which I call the now to next blueprint. And it literally allowed me to see where I was, which was my now situation. But then it allowed me to see where my next opportunities were. Because here's the reality, being successful, it's a mix of different uh, cross-disciplinary skills and talents and beliefs, right? That's not just one thing. Um, And with this framework, it helps me to understand that, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's really about being able to work with people, um, pull out my potential, and then use my potential in leadership to then add value to others and then pull their value out at the same time. Right. Because that is the purpose of leadership is to build, grow and develop other people so they can be their very best. Right. So I utilize this framework to help me to utilize and find my gaps because we all have gaps. So the framework really helps us to utilize what is called gap analysis. Right. Gap analysis within the business world. Everybody kind of knows what that means in this simplistic form. It's really saying, okay, where am I at now? and where am I trying to go and why am I not there, right? So what's the difference or what's that space? What am I missing between my now situation and my next opportunity? And when I looked at my growth from where I was to where I am now, I realized that there were times, Val, when I was guessing at something because I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the information necessary. And when I was guessing, that led me to then second guess who I was and my potential. So then that led me to avoid certain things, right? So then I was avoiding things, avoiding conversations, avoiding situations, avoiding people. This whole avoidance concept came into play. But then from avoidance, I went to procrastination. Oh my. So I was guessing at things because I didn't have the knowledge. And then I was avoiding things because I felt as if I didn't have the knowledge. So therefore, I wasn't competent enough. So then I started procrastinating at things because again, I was just like, hey, well, I don't know what I need to do, so let me just stay here. And then that just led me to being just plain stuck, right? And we can all relate to these things because that's what happens. So I identified, and hopefully you caught that right, that if you're guessing, you're avoiding, you're procrastinating, or just plain stuck, that was my gaps, right? Those were the gaps that I was at in life at that particular time. But then as I got to where I'm at through leadership, personal development, growth, um, I identified that I need to fill these gaps of guessing and avoiding procrastination and being stuck and the best way to do that is hey I need to figure out how I need to bridge these gaps and then I thought about it so when I, I was guessing it's because I lack knowledge the best way to get knowledge is to start growing so I started to get the information I started to grow I started to ask the questions and then that growth allowed me to get from guessing to avoiding or get past avoiding then allowed me to then take action. So then I started growing and then I started taking action. And while I was taking action and continue to grow and get up knowledge and information, it allowed me to then stay prepared. So there was a preparation that I was missing because I wasn't taking action and I wasn't growing the way I needed to. But then I identified once I started growing, once I started taking action, once I started having the preparation necessary, then it would allow me to get my strategy to then move forward. So I was able to then get unstuck because I then had a strategy. So in order for me to get from my now situation to my next opportunity, when it comes to leadership or life, leadership, entrepreneurship, and business, I had to make sure I could bridge those gaps by stepping over those gaps with the gaps of growth, action, preparation, and strategy.
1: Wow. Guys, I, I hope you're listening and taking notes because that's a masterclass right there mm-hmm. on how to be unstuck. You teach business and you're in business. For people that are listening that are like me, you're in business and a lot of times you're unfortunately by yourself. You do have people that help, but you're kind of that solopreneur in a, in, a, in a sense. And then you think, I've done the research, I've, 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 um, I've taken action. I've started this business. I've, I've, I'm, I'm doing research and I'm, you know, doing all that I can to to stay up. And then as a business, I have to make this hard decision to shut down my business. And what could you, how could you direct someone to let them know can don't give up, continue And be, figure out how to bridge the gap from starting your business and then closing your business. Like, what can we do to change those, those, um, those things?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. And again, I mean, there's, there's so many different variations and so many variables and so many instances. Like there's so many things in that too, you know? So my, my immediate thought is just, again, kind of what I said is, you know, learn, grow, and lead, right? So first, so why are we closing the business? What what worked and what didn't work? Um, so as a coach, as a business coach, I use what is called a strategic mindset process. And the strategic mindset process looks at five very different things. So the first thing is facing reality. What's working, what's not working, right? So if you if I was met, talking with somebody who was saying, hey, i got to close my business or I closed my business. So I would ask them, okay, so what worked and what didn't work? Because the thing that that I find is that if we don't understand why we are in the situation that we're in or the circumstances that we're, we're dealing with, then we don't know how to get to that next step, right? And we have to be honest, too, right? And that's why yeah. honesty being and in, in, in is so important when we think about leadership in business. But yeah, first is face reality. Then I'll say, okay, so self-knowledge, that's the second component. So what do you know about yourself? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses, right? What are your talents? What are your non-talents? What do you know about you? Building your self-awareness. The more self-aware you are about who you are, what you can do, you'll find the right opportunities at the right time. Um, And then next, relationship management. So after you face reality, after we look at self-knowledge, next is, okay, what what relationship do I have? Who, Who are the people that are around me that can help me? Who are the people that I should have been using or tapping into to help me before I close my business?
1: I need help. I need help.
0: Right. And that's the number one thing. And again, as solo for newers, we know like it, it's it's one of those things like, hey, do I ask for help or do I not ask? No, you ask for help. And for some reason, I don't know why. But relationship management, that's always important when we think about leadership, especially if you're looking to grow or, uh, you know, growth and sustainability within your, your business. Next is then you want to strategic focus and priority management. Right? How are we spending our time? Are we prioritizing the right things? Are we putting the right things where they need to be? Um, because as you know, and a lot of business people who are listening and watching it right now, they know that, listen, there's a laundry list of things we we need to be do. But the reality of it is we want to be effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. So it's not just being just doing things right, but it's also doing the right things right and I think that's very important too and then lastly is the vision and goals right so everything that we're doing we got to make sure that again it's not just doing them to do them but where are they taking me to what's my vision what's my goal right um the best thing about it Stephen Covey you know seven habits of effective people he says right start. yeah love it myself start with the end in mind right start with the end in mind because if I know where I'm going then I'll know the steps that necessary, at least I should, in how to get there, right? You use a navigation of your, you know, uh, yeah, the navigation on your phone or whatnot. GPS, that was the word I was looking for. Thank you, right? <laughs> the GPS is worthless without what? A destination, <laughs> right? It's worthless without a destination. So again, anytime that we're doing business, we're opening a business, even before we close the business or whatever the case may be, um, we got to know where we're going. If we don't know where we're going, then it's just going to be very hard to map out a
1: stretch. Yeah. And I think that's great encouragement for anyone that might be considering either to start a business or if they started and they've run up against some walls and thinking, oh, I, have, I think I have to shut down and just go through uh Get the mindset process together. Have self knowledge, relationship management, priority management, and have visions and goals. See, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here taking notes because this is good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff, right? I'm just saying. Or,
0: or, or, you know, you don't have to take notes. You could just call me, set up a consultation. We could talk, and I can help you through the process. <laughs> All right. But right, let's just go ahead and make it real simple for you, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: now i've been hearing about you using the power of gratitude Uh, you've been a gratitude ambassador and currently (laughs) you are one of the authors in a book called who influenced you right How how was that writing experience and what is the power of gratitude what what speak to that for me
0: so the power of gratitude but even just before uh so the answer that initial question like how was that experience Uh, the experience was amazing uh especially once i understood the concept behind the book um that helped me to understand its true potential and just even unlock the power of the book because literally who influenced you is about gratitude it's basically reaching back and saying thank you to those who helped me be where i am today the reality of it is no one climbed any mountain by themselves, right? They were all standing on the shoulders of great people. We've all been, had a hand up from those that are, that are where we want to be. We've all been encouraged by other people. Like there's, there's a laundry list of different things, but it's, it was, once I understood what the book was about, I was like, oh, wow. So who influenced you was really about reaching back into saying, and we, Got the opportunity, me and like 19 other authors, so it was 20 authors, had the opportunity to just basically reach back, pick three people. So that was a challenge, right? <laughs> who were the three people that I picked? But luckily, God is able to do all things, right? So I like when I got ready to write, I just wrote and boom, I had, He just gave me the three people to talk about. Um, but it was just being able to just say thank you to those, those individuals that helped us get there. Um, So this whole power of gratitude really came from, you know, writing this book and then talking with uh, Stan Matthews and and Dr. George Frazier and just really getting a greater, deeper understanding of what this is supposed to be and the legacy it's supposed to leave. And it's just really the power of gratitude is is really the the practice, right? It's Mm -hmm. practicing the art of gratitude and then becoming a practitioner of gratitude. Because like, for me, gratitude, especially after writing this book, is no longer just a practice. It is now a lifestyle. So leadership was a lifestyle for me. Leadership is a lifestyle for me. I don't just teach leadership. I live leadership, right? I'm a leader in all aspects of my life. But now I really understand that even for leadership, even for me to speak into uh, the future, I have to acknowledge my past. I have to understand where I came from. So therefore, I have to make sure that I'm saying thank you to those that helped me get to where I am. And that again, it's not just a practice, it's a lifestyle for me. And Stan helped me to understand that gratitude is an emotional energy of receiving. Mm-hmm. So when I receive something, the natural words of emotion that come from that emotional receiving of something is thank you. And that's what the whole, the whole book of Who Influenced You was about.
1: Yeah. And it's been good to see how others, a part of that project, have mm-hmm. been going around and doing the power of gratitude and kind of being a gratitude ambassador, which I, I right. like. I like that terminology. If people <laughs> wanted to find out more about your growth coach business, Purchase the book to support you or your podcast. Where would they go?
0: Yep. So you can find me at Um That will get you access even to uh, the growth coach um, and various other different things that I offer as far as from my coaching and consulting. Um, but you can definitely go there. Um, you can also go directly to my growth coach website, which will provide you with all the various different um, programs group coaching, um, and systems that I use, um, that I guarantee you anything that you see on that site can be tailor-made to any situation or any, uh, business, um, or sales challenge that you're dealing with. Um, and that is www, I think that's enough W's the Okay. Um, and then you can definitely find me on uh, Facebook, um, at my name and you can find me on LinkedIn at my name as well. Um, if you really want to connect to me connect with me LinkedIn is really the platform in which I do a lot of my posting communication with uh, building uh, my relationships with uh, clients customers and just people in general um, and as far as the podcast we just finished our second episode or second season um, we're getting ready to go into our third season so we're definitely looking to um haven't officially put out when we're going to launch that back out but if you're looking just to get um connected with us we're also on facebook at brothers and brothers and influence um and you can join our community community as well and get any of the episodes that we've already done
1: wonderful shirala thank, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us
0: yes ma'am thank you for having me it's been a, ble- uh, a blessing pleasure um to be with Val the Voice. Val the Voice Johnson.
1: I like it. I'm Val the Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. To see more from my interview with Sherrod Ledette, please visit our Interludes YouTube channel. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble, Coach Tony, and Val the Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music, movies, and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. interludes original concept by valerie johnson written by michael womble produced by michael womble and valerie johnson original intro and outro music produced by kendall nesbitt interludes a pure lighthouse production this episode is brought to you by the riddles clean comedy virtual show featuring hosts jerry o'neill donald owens jr Michael Wombo and Val the Voice Johnson. To purchase an on-demand ticket, please visit our website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash media.